0: you gonna bark all day, little doggy? Or are you gonna bite?
1: And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon me.
0: Why the need for so much gruesome, graphic violence? Why not let us imagine? Because abandon? it's
1: so much fun, Chan! Get it! hey everyone welcome back to written and directed by this is pulp fiction part two um so between part one and part two uh we have had uh, there's been a few months in between recordings um so because of that reason yeah. uh simon will not be joining us for the second half uh we do thank him for coming on and joining us for the first half and we will give his uh we will give his rating at the end as well um so yeah, we don't we don't need to be too formal, but if for whatever reason you're only listening to this part two for a reason, I'm Bradley and I'm joined by Lex.
0: Hello, everyone. Yeah,
1: so we just uh, we just got done talking. Uh, we're pretty much halfway through the movie. We just got done with um, the section Vincent Vega, Marcellus Wallace's wife, and now we are moving on to uh, the gold watch or the prelude to the gold watch. This is uh, I don't know for some reason this section. When I was a kid, I don't know why, was always felt very ominous to me. Is it is it just me? I don't I don't know.
0: I don't know. I re- it's funny you bring up as a kid how you viewed it. I as a kid, I loved um the entire story of Vincent and Mia and their interactions and the first honestly, all of the first half of this movie was the best to me. Like it was so good. Oh, it and moves then-
1: along like so just nonstop, yeah.
0: And when this part happens, when we get into Butch slash Bruce Willis's entire arc, I remember it always being a fall-off for me. So when we went into the rewatch, I was very curious to see, does it fall off for me as an adult now watching it? Um, and I will say I enjoyed it much more. I just think that it's the, it's the like when I was younger, I just had like the, the shock of changing character to character. Um, yeah. You know? So yeah.
1: Anyway. And, and like I said, I think it's because it slows down quite a bit, especially because we just got such a harrowing scene yeah. uh, right before. So yeah. So, I yeah. mean, there's, it, it, it's hard to keep that momentum going without it uh, just feeling like a bit much. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Watching it, watching it as an adult, you definitely needed that little but, bit of a breather. Yeah.
0: <laughs> going back to you saying it's like an ominous feeling yeah um,
1: I Something know. about this opening yeah just yeah no there's trailers. just
0: there's just something that feels off about butch's whole storyline and not in a mm. writing is bad off but in a like you do feel like something really bad's about to happen you know <laughs> yeah it does give that vibe and as we will see <laughs> bad things really do happen um this is a oh. This is some of the more infamous parts of this movie, and um, this is where you can definitely watch this and go, "You're a sick fuck."
1: Yeah, you us, you know? <laughs> it's it's funny because I would like to know because this is the only well, the only of his, only one of his movies that he directed that is co-written. So I want to know. I, I think there is there is somewhere he has said, um, kind of Roger Avery came up with this like the kind Gold of like watch, very broad. Yeah, oh. Was, he came, he came, it you was don't...
0: the gold watch portion of it that was oh okay when I read the trivia and stuff
1: okay um so yeah okay so yeah, i guess quentin had to throw in his weird shit because that's what he does um so yeah this so though so this opens with I, I don't even know what you would call it i don't know if it's a cartoon or what but it's one of those it's just a still image and it, it, it's only the mouths move but it's a live action mouth and it's so weird like I said I don't know if they're called cartoons or what they're either. called but I remember my mom because she grew up in the era where those were like on TV for kids mm-hmm. to watch and she goes it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid I was like it's pretty it's pretty fucking off-putting <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so weird it's it such is a weird very animation thing to do Um so yeah we see uh Butch as a child just sitting there watching TV and uh his mom says one of Butch's dad's old, like, war buddies is is there to talk to him, and he just details this story of...
0: Uh, Christopher the, Walken in just oh, the funniest man. cameo, in my opinion. And it's, it's, like, supposed to be this very intense moment, but it, you can't not have this be <laughs> hilarious at the same time.
1: It's, it's very hard because, obviously, Christopher Walken is just such a character on his own that he is one of those people where... No matter how good his performance is, you you're still kind of taken out a little bit because it's it's Christopher Walken. Um, mm-hmm. But but nonetheless, I, I he delivers this monologue so so fucking well. And you're right, it is it does seem a little weird and out of place. But I can only assume it's because he was in True Romance around this time, which was written by Quentin. Um, which his scene in True Romance between him and Dennis Hopper is probably the highlight of that movie. And I mm-hmm. want to say. Quentin has said that is probably the best scene he has ever written, and I would probably agree. It's such a amazing tense scene.
0: <laughs> Wait, which which scene?
1: In-, In True Romance, it's when. uh Okay, um, I have
0: to admit something, Bradley. I have to admit it? it. I've never seen it.
1: Um, shit. Maybe I've we heard need to do like a bonus things- episode and cover yeah, that, or I've something. I've
0: heard great things about it, but I've never actually seen that one.
1: It, it's, it is very good. Um, you can tell it's not directed by Quentin, but you can tell it is written by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Scott directed it, if I'm not mistaken? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but that scene, it's a confrontation scene, and it's just, like I said, it's just fucking tense, and it's just, of course, it's all dialogue filled and so it's really good.
0: You know uh, how you just have a long list of movies that you're like, I need to get around to that? Oh, God, yeah. I feel like half of this podcast is my goal to getting around to that.
1: <laughs> you know, that is why I am happy to have two podcasts dedicated to movies, because, yeah. um, I mean, I get the majority of them I've probably already seen, but then there's, there's going to be those gems that I haven't seen yet that yeah. I'm like you know excited to get to and and whatnot so absolutely so, yeah. and you're um, gonna see
0: lots of movies you haven't seen when i convince you to make someone uh next season's choice for written directed by but you know
1: oh okay i know i was gonna say yeah we need to <laughs> we, we still got we discussion. still got a ways to go but we, uh, we need to, yeah we need to have a discussion on what the next season's gonna be yeah um so yeah, we get this we get this monologue from Christopher Walking about where uh, this gold watch came from, and <laughs> it's, it's it, and, and you know what? I was gonna say yeah he's talking about how how he had to smuggle it around between like getting captured and whatnot, and he goes and just again the most Christopher Walking way. I wish I could do a good Christopher Walking impression, so this is gonna be terrible. But you know he's you know he. Uh, he smuggled it it in the only way knew how and and up his ass like (laughs) he smuggled it just oh my god Um, i actually
0: don't i don't know if i've ever done a christopher walking impression i don't know if i have it
1: what the good thing is i feel like there isn't necessarily a bad way to do it because at the if someone knows you're imitating good enough like you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah um I love the, the the Dave Grohl video of him talking about when Christopher Walken introduced them yeah. on Saturday Night Live, and he didn't know where to put the did I put the emphasis on the Foo or the, the Fighters, fighters. <laughs> and so he comes out and just, ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters. Foo <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is um,
0: this is such a yeah. So going from the you know the previous scene to this, you're like, what is happening? That, I that's one thing that I. Notice in the, in the second, you know, part of this where I'm like, this is so weird. And obviously it's setting up the importance of this family heirloom that Butch has. But it does it in such a funny way. And I kind of love that. I kind of love that it's like, okay, we're going to take a moment to breathe and and have this, like, A, explain the significance of this item. um, And B, <laughs> have it be some comic relief here. Because... You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I really like the way it's filmed too because it's it's seemingly one take from on Christopher Walken's end, but every now and then they cut to, you know, Butch as a child, and he he is very invested in the story, but at the same time he almost is a little confused because he's just a kid, so he doesn't, yeah. I, you know, he doesn't grasp the full. He looks the...
0: like he's like six or seven.
1: Oh yeah, he's, he's really very young. young. Um, so yeah, I, I do like that we cut to see butch's face and like i said he, he's very interested but at the same time is like who is this dude and what the hell is he talking mm-hmm. about like um and so then, yeah
0: there's that there's that scene it's as if they wanted to have a cameo of christopher walken because let's let's be real they could have cut this scene they could have had butch explain the significance of the watch to um ha- oh god his girlfriend how oh, do you pronounce it? Uh,
1: Fabian Fabian I'm not sure you really sure yeah how you're supposed that's to say how he, it.
0: that's what I was wondering how you pronounce her name and they say it in the movie of course but yeah, yeah. um but yeah I like he could have explained it and it could have really cut the scene out but it I'm not saying they should cut it I think it's kind of a nice buffer into this new part of the story
1: yeah yeah I'm gonna I, I yeah I, like like you said I'm gonna assume it is just kind of a buffer scene because it mm-hmm. could have just been because there was a scene later on where he and Fabian are talking about it and he could have just said you know I think he does say like I told you how what he had to go through right and all she says is yes when she could have said they could have cut out this whole scene and she could have just said, yes, he had to smuggle it through yeah, a POW and camp and stuff. Yeah, would have been and funny stuff.
0: too. Yeah, yeah, he smuggled it in his ass or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I'm yeah. not saying yeah. they should have done that, but they could have easily done that. Um, but I I kind of appreciated the slowness of this where they're like, and then, you know, the, the fact that they have the cameo of Christopher Walken and this is fantastic.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's capped off almost by a, almost with a jump scare in a way because he holds the watch out to him and he lingers there for about two seconds and butch's hand really quick comes out and grabs it and as soon as he grabs it you hear the fight bell ding and and mm-hmm. bruce willis gasps and wakes up um yeah that part always kind of like made me jump as a kid it's like it was always kind of creepy because it's so just sudden um so yeah we see butch wake up he's getting ready for his fight as he walks out the door it uh fades to black and then we get the title saying the gold watch yeah. um so this is calling back to um the scene towards the beginning when uh, Marcellus is telling Butch, you know, you need to camera round He says, but you know, you need to basically throw the fight at a certain round, but uh, yeah, good old Butch had, has some ulterior motives and uh, you don't see it, but you hear um, over the black screen, like the, uh, uh, like the new uh, uh, radio announcement saying mm-hmm. that, of the uh, fight. yeah, basically that Butch won. Um I think you find out I think he finds out later on that he wound up killing him somehow. Yeah, he
0: did, which I don't I don't know what happens in that scenario. Would it be like manslaughter? Would you be charged for that?
1: I'm going to assume if it was like an actual legal fight, right. I'm sure they sign contracts that say, "Hey, in the event of some catastrophic event, you're not yeah. liable." Like yeah. I don't know, that,
0: man. That makes sense if it's a legal fight, like that it would not be.
1: You would yeah. not be like because
0: you can't be like that's you know unless you did something specifically to kill them it's an accident
1: oh, oh yeah unless he <laughs> unless he specifically sabotaged him in in some way
0: yeah or like um, i guess punched his neck or something
1: and god yeah an, an illegal hit or something yeah. yeah um so yeah butch basically bets on himself mm-hmm. and is his plan is to run away with the money um So I think when we fade back and an important
0: part about this is that he double crosses Marcellus to do this.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's because he's not
0: supposed to win. He's supposed to throw the
1: fight, which I'm going to assume he probably would, would have still gotten money But definitely not not as much. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think when we fade back from the title is when he is getting into, uh, Oh no. Uh, we see, I think we see Vincent, uh, kind of walk up and uh, you know, he he gives a little nod to gives a little Butch. nod to Mia because Mia's there too and they're standing outside of Butch's like little the green room, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Uh and I just kind of like how they just have this very nonchalant. She was just like, hey, thanks for taking me out the other night, you know, like just very yeah. nonchalant about it. Um I just thought that was a cool little just cool little moment. But then that's when Butch goes out and goes out to the fight and then we cut to black. We hear he won and then the next scene is him getting into the cab, which this and is rushing away <laughs> and rushing away. Yeah, this is and, and this, this is so cool the way they filmed it. They did it like old, like uh, like 50s style. I can't remember exactly yes. what it's called, but basically, they take b roll of you know, it looks like you're driving down the street and they just project it onto a screen behind the car and they're on a soundstage mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know, it's so you know what, I would much rather have that than uh, just a green screen uh, scenery going by. I don't know, I, I- just it gives I, it gives a lot of character, I think.
0: Yeah, I really think it depends on the movie. It oh, really true. depends yeah. on what what stylistically you're going for. In this movie, it's perfect. It's this is this movie is both nostalgic and modern for its era. And yeah. and that's why it works really well. But but if you did that in you know a modern movie that is supposed to be very modern that is not really a throwback to anything that's just telling a current story it could it could be very off-putting i think
1: yeah like if you're watching a marvel movie that's not set in that time era (laughs) it'd look a little weird an
0: action movie like because obviously an action movie is that would be very out of place but if you're making a modern drama like like this i i don't you know or a crime movie or something it'd be really funny to see like tony soprano with that in the background,
1: you know. God damn, it, I really need to watch that show. There's so many shows I need to watch.
0: I I still I've been working through it, but I still haven't finished it. It's a very slow show. I just I like it. I really do. I think it's great characters, great writing. The the acting is out of this world, but I I just haven't gotten around finishing it yet.
1: There there are those older shows that I want to get to and luckily HBO shows are like, you know, at most like 13 episodes and then there's other shows. Yeah. Uh, That I want to finish and I'm like god damn nine seasons and each season is 24 episodes and they're an hour long like god damn it. And
0: not to (laughs) derail this further but I will say that knowing the ending of the show it can be like unsatisfying is very like you're not rushing to the finish line.
1: Yeah I do know the ending to the the series as well. Yeah I think it's hard to avoid
0: you know it's part of our culture but anyway.
1: Yeah. So Um, yeah
0: he's fleeing he's going to uh you know going to get his girlfriend and basically get it set up to run because he knows marcellus is going to send people after him like he double crossed a very dangerous dude
1: oh yeah with he know he knows he's gonna the people are gonna come after him so yeah he he clearly had this planned out um not that not that the uh conversation in this cab isn't in not that it's not important I just think it, it doesn't necessarily like tie into the overall story but it is a, it is a very good scene of him talking to the cab driver but they're just they're just on the way to um uh, I think he's getting dropped off at the motel that he and mm-hmm. uh, is it his wife or his girlfriend? I think she's his girlfriend. Girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah they just they're just having their 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 Quentin chat uh on the way there um, and so they get there and you know they they kind of he and Butch and his girlfriend Fabian just kind of again it's just they're just talking it's it's not really about anything important to, or I mean he says that they uh you know like oh I won the fight or whatever basically and uh, but we cut to the next we like you go to the next morning and they're kind of packing up getting ready to go and this is when Butch is like I, I, he got he has to go get his watch like, yeah and the, what I really like too is she she's talking to him about something i don't know if she's talking about like what she wants to get for breakfast or just the movie she's watching but he interrupts her and like almost in a chilling way like this is some of bruce Willis's best acting because just interrupts her just says where's my father's watch and like she just she just goes quiet and she's just like what and he's just like my father's fucking watch where is it and it's like know. the only
0: thing that he wanted to make sure that they had
1: yeah he they could have left with just the clothes on his back and he would have been fine mm-hmm. uh, as long as that watch was there but yeah and you can. That's see a really
0: him. interesting thing. Of like, that makes you wonder what your thing would be. Like, that's mm. what I thought about when I was watching it. What's the thing?
1: Like, what would you grab in a fire kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of my, I think I've come to realize it's probably one of my favorite movies is Up in the Air with uh, with oh George, yeah, with, with George movie. Clooney. Um, yeah. and in that movie, he's like a like a self help guru thing, and I I just really love his his overall like kind of philosophy on things which is you know you can if you can fit your life in a backpack type of thing and i just like he was how Mm -hmm. he's like you know your house is on fire you can fill up this backpack what are you gonna grab and he was like (laughs) i just like how he goes pictures right you're probably gonna grab pictures and he goes pictures are for people who can't remember take some (laughs) ginkgo it's like (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) which is like you know what i i get i uh, at the end of the day is it worth risking your life for it's like no you have the memory of it hopefully and that that should hopefully be good enough i don't know but but yeah um and so and you can see this whole time she's trying to explain to him that like i i did get it i did bring it and you can see him just trying to contain it and then he's like are you 100 percent sure and finally she says no i didn't grab it and oh man this fucking i was gonna say tantrum this is not a tantrum he is throwing a rage fit like screaming cussing jumping up and down i think he grabs the tv and fucking throws it across the room um
0: this is what this that's one of those moments where i'm like no to men Sorry,
1: <laughs> like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> you know, I think I think if he knew maybe they had they would have had more time before people were coming after him, he might have just been like, OK, fuck, I will be right back. But he probably knows, fuck, if I go back, well, there's already going to be people yeah. there waiting for me. And he knows I'm, I'm going to have to go back knowing there are people that are waiting for me. Um,
0: and and what would have happened if he didn't actually go back for it, if he just accepted that it was gone, I understand why he wouldn't, why he would be like, no, I'm going back. But, yeah. So yeah, it's got to, it's got like, to gotta gotta go back.
1: Yeah, and it's got to be because that is the only thing he has left from his dad, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. But I do like how he, after he throws his fit, he's kind of just like, It's okay. I'm yeah. gonna go get it, and I will be back, kind of thing. And he tells her, "I feel so bad for her too, because my God, she looks so frightened as she should be." It's she's a fucking terrifying. Moment. She's an interesting character. Yeah, um, I, oh, I think at one point she says what her like nationality is, and now I can't. Um, do you know off the top of off the top of your head what she no, is? I don't um, remember. I think she might be French. Um, I mean, oh, that's she's Portuguese. I, she's Portuguese. Well, it says, well, it says she's a Portuguese actress. So I don't know if that means uh, the character is or that. not. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, there there are little things that she does that it's you can clearly tell, like probably hasn't been in America too long, or at least hasn't adapted yet. Like they're just they just little things. And I again, that's he's he's good with his characters because he doesn't have to necessarily give you you know a five minute long backstory. You can just tell by the way the character is acting, oh, Mm -hmm. there's clearly this going on or clearly that going on, you know? I
0: do think that Quentin, to his credit, I think that he is the type of guy who hires really good actors and then says, go with God. And (laughs) I think that that's just like I think a studio should hire a great director, a great writer, great all that, and then just be like, okay, let's go. Like, you do your thing. I hired you because you're good at this i think he does the same thing
1: yeah there's there's been a video i, I mean like I, like I could save the story for our django episode but i mean this is it, this is a good example um there's a video of jamie fox talking about the first day they filmed mm-hmm. django unchained and they did their first scene and he said you know i he's like i did it totally different than what you see in the movie and after the first take quentin comes up to me and oh my god his quentin impression is just so spot on he just goes um what the fuck was that and he's like (laughs) uh what are you talking about and he goes okay you're not cool you're not the cool guy in this you're a fucking slave and slaves weren't cool they were uh they were tortured people so that's what you need to fucking do okay and like walks away and he goes and we did the second take and the second take is pretty much how i carried the rest of the character for the movie and i was like i was like holy shit man (laughs) damn yeah
0: yeah he's i mean it's one of those things like actors keep coming back to working with him too Mm -hmm. And I always wonder how that whether it's I've always been curious whether it's because they love the experience of working with them like the directors or if they just love the results that the directors get from them.
1: It it sounds like it is an all around thing because he obviously loves making movies and has so much fun. And everyone says that he carries that environment over like we have the coolest fucking job in the world. We make movies for a living. Let's have fun while we do it, you know, and. And so, I mean, yeah, that's which I feel like is how you should be. I, there's there's certain directors who I admire their work, but then their ethics, I'm just like, Eek. yeah. Ugh, you, Stanley yeah Kubrick. There's,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of those. Uh, I think I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show or if I've mentioned this to you personally, but we will not be covering Woody Allen on this at any time. He can go fuck himself. I don't care if he writes and directs his films. <laughs> We will not be doing that.
1: Yeah, no, which is fine. Which is fine for, well, the obvious reason, but also he's got like 30 movies and I want us to try our best to keep it to not 30 movies per director. Yeah, if he was,
0: if he was like not a shit, maybe we'd pick, you know, 10 of them or something. The iconic ones, The best ones and do that. I don't know. But no, I'm not, I don't want to talk about him. But anyway.
1: Yeah, no, totally fine. Totally fine.
0: Butch goes back to his apartment to retrieve the watch, and this is when I hate this
1: movie. (laughs) Oh, okay. So no, I don't
0: hate it. I love this movie, but I'm just sad about the series of unfortunate fucking events that takes place here.
1: Yeah, I I really like how it's filmed because it shows him, you know, pulling up. Like I think he's essentially like around the corner from his apartment complex, but it's I want to say it's more or less one shot of following him from his car he goes to this gate uh, or uh, this like broken fence walks across this kind of big field until he gets to the apartment complex and just that's such a good way to build the suspense because you just want him to fucking get there already and get it and get out um
0: yeah it's wonderfully
1: shot so yeah so he gets to the apartment and like creeps in and everything looks a-okay he goes over grabs the watch grabs the watch and is like huh everything's fine i'm gonna make some fucking pop tarts since i'm here <laughs> which i feel like that is the moment when you watch it like no no dude just just leave get, just get the fuck out just like you fucking you leave. got what you came there for the um,
0: arrogance of pop tarts strikes again
1: <laughs> oh man yeah, Pop-Tarts is definitely like, oh yeah. If like, this
0: if this was an episode of Lex and Matt, that would be our title for the episode, but it's not, so
1: alas yeah. we're going. <laughs> um and I do like so so yeah, he's getting the Pop-Tarts in there. Um and as the Pop-Tarts are are cooking, toasting, um he looks down and sees like a goddamn Uzi, just like a little submachine gun laying on the uh on the counter and like picks it up and is just it's just so wide-eyed just staring at it and then he hears a toilet flush and turns and aims that gun at the bathroom door and who should walk out but fucking vincent vega and they just have a book they what?
0: holding his book that he's been reading and shit and you're just like God damn oh it. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and it, it's, it's gonna come back later on too yeah. um Uh, Yeah and so they just have a stare down for God what feels like an eternity It's probably 10 seconds and then And then the fucking toaster pops Which scares uh, Butch and he winds up firing that Uzi And fucking shoots Vince in the God I think he shoots him in like the abdomen Like 20 times However fucking much you know It's always funny in movies like they'll show people With like machine guns or whatever and they're Holding that trigger down and spraying for like 9 seconds straight Mm -hmm. and like there's Videos of people like like this is what it would look like in real life and they hold it down and it's like 2 seconds and that clip is empty <laughs> it's literally yeah. just just yeah. Blah, 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 gone done like <laughs> so fast yeah. um so yeah he walks over to the walks over to the bathroom door and sees Vince just you know he collapsed into like the t- uh the tub and Vincent Vega is dead which I get most of these characters you're not supposed to care about because they're all hitmen, drug dealers, like just kind of terrible people, but there is just a moment where you're just like, fuck.
0: No, like, I'm fucking sad about that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I liked Vincent. Um, I think John Travolta's charisma is a 10 out of 10 in this movie, and it's just, yeah, I was like, ah, fuck.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, And so I think, um, yeah, that's when, I, I think, oh, he... Right, yeah, right before butch leaves he wipes down the gun which i think he wipes down everything he touched which is, and or no, i think he just wipes it. down the yeah. gun i was gonna say because it's clearly his apartment why i thought i
0: remember him hitting a doorknob too but or
1: yeah. something yeah something like that yeah um so yeah takes off out of there and he's driving down the street and i feel like he feels like he's home free and i don't know why he feels that way because he killed one hitman
0: you're <laughs> he's still carefree in- you're still in the city where Marcellus is a very influential person.
1: Yeah, and and so what I really like, I don't know, maybe it's because maybe it's because you're, I'm so into the moment, I'm not thinking of the little details. But he only gets just down the road a little bit um, and stops at a stoplight, and who should be crossing the street it, but fucking Marcellus Wallace. Um, and I, so this is the little detail I never noticed. He's carrying a box of donuts and coffee, presumably to take back to the apartment to wait with Vince. Um,
0: oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's one of those just, I like, you know, I see him holding the box of donuts, but I did not put it in my mind that, well, it's clearly early morning.
0: Cause they're waiting. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, so they're, they're waiting they're for They're like, him. we're going to be here for a while. We need and, some refreshments.
1: Yeah. And, and, I don't know if this this was like Quentin's nod to Psycho because they do that same shot in Psycho when Marion mm-hmm. Crane is sitting in the car and sees her boss walk across the street and they just kind of lock eyes for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Marcellus looks up and sees Butch and they lock eyes and Marcellus just lets out a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Bing Rames is so good with just... Oh man, he's another one of those ones that's like Samuel L. Jackson. He can just let out those cuss words and they just work so fucking well. Um, so, you know... Butch peels out, hits Marcellus with his car. Uh, of course, he's driving through a red light, so he gets uh, sideswiped. Uh, we cut to black, and and Butch is waking up. And what's so weird to me, I never understood this, is when we cut to Butch waking up from the accident, he's hunched over, like his his fa- he's like facing downwards, like he's looking at his lap, and he's holding onto his face. And as he's like picking his head up, there's glass falling from his hand and face, and I'm just like. I don't know. If you're looking down, why is there glass in your hands on your face? I don't know. It's just such a weird thing. I would thing assume
0: to me. that the glass like like Maybe on s- impact just sprayed into him.
1: Yeah, uh that's true. Yeah, because his yeah, yeah, his nose is pretty busted right. up.
0: Right, right, because that like it's that glass is just
1: gonna Yeah, it's it's like impact. I said, it's so weird. It looks like he's holding it to his face, which is weird. I don't know. It's just it's always yeah. bugged me, but anyway. Um <laughs> so yeah, and the thing that's really weird to me is there's people Uh, like trying to help butch at his car you know ask him if he's okay or whatnot Mm -hmm. and he like looks over and sees uh marcellus like getting up and he doesn't think to like get up and run or anything he's just sitting there just staring at him stand up uh,
0: i think he's i think he's so he's in such a daze from being knocked out
1: True, or he just assumes, oh, there's people around. He's not going to do anything with people around, but uh, no,
0: I don't think so. I think he's just trying to regain strength and consciousness.
1: Uh, like, true, you know. Um, Marcellus looks over and see, oh, the the Kathy Griffin of all people is helping up Marcellus Wallace, and uh,
0: okay, yeah. Was Kathy Griffin known at this time?
1: Um, I think she, w- I mean obviously not like she is now but i think she was probably just you know just starting out as like a stand up or just making the rounds on little bit parts That's around this time i was time.
0: wondering cuz i was like man that was really random and it almost seems like she's a complete unknown
1: yeah i th- i thought that uh she and quentin were dating at this time but it was it's um uh, what is her name she shows up later on with with uh, the wolf um but he was dating her at the time uh, oh my god what is her name she was on snl um Damn it! I have the cast list in front of me. It is, is her name Rachel. I feel like her name's Rachel. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Kathy Griffin. Oh, Julia Sweeney. That is her name. Raquel. That's that's her. Oh name. yeah, yeah. Julia Sweeney. Um, yeah, Julia Sweeney. Uh, so I didn't I like, know
0: that they dated. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think they were dating around around this time, and that's most likely why she she popped up in this movie. Um, Weird. But yeah, so they're like. Kathy Griffin is like, yeah, dude just uh, just, you know, just decided to hit you or whatever and he was like, what, what guy? And she was like, him over there and points to Butch and Butch is just sitting there in his car all dazed. and then I think he lets out another motherfucker and pulls out a, pulls out a gun and of course everybody decides to run and this part is funny but at the same time I feel so bad because he is stumbling and he fires the gun and hits an innocent woman right in the fucking hip um, which is Quentin's Black humor like I said it's funny but at the same time I'm just like oh that poor lady like that sucks So bad Yeah. Um. So of course the chase ensues uh, They uh, Butch winds up running into a Running into a pawn shop pawn and shop. is like waiting Right inside the doorway and as soon as Marcellus Walks in they kind of get into a Scuffle I really like When uh <laughs> butch gets Marcellus To the ground and is just you know laying into His face and he just goes you feel that that's Pride fucking with you <laughs> I don't know why that line is so funny to me. Uh, but then the uh, the shop owner comes over with a... God, I think he has a fucking shotgun. And yeah, tells him to... And not in these words. Tells him to get off Marcellus. Um, of course, he has to use the N-word. Which I want to say... I want to say because Boy, it's he quentin. loves that word i was gonna say he says the n-word because it's quentin but also he says it because look at the type of character he is like oh yeah he's
0: a piece of shit yeah i
1: do defend quentin whenever people give him shit about using the n-word and it's like no it's not just random people just spouting it off because they can it's like look at the type of character they are that is and this guy is clearly that type of person that would say that like so like i said you know it's not and again I, I cannot believe when people got pissed about how much they said it in Django I'm like you do realize what era that movie is set in and that was that word was thrown around like it was nothing so I don't know what you're getting upset about
0: yeah I really think <laughs> it depends on the movie and the context mm-hmm. um, and uh, and in the event of criticism of it especially if it's like a black person's criticizing Quentin Tarantino for that I'm I'm like yeah Go go for it, like like I'm, oh, not yeah. gonna, I'm. I'm like that's a very valid reason to go. You know, go after oh, yeah. his writing. So yeah,
1: most definitely. I mean, I get clearly we we can't understand the, the the feelings that bring that that conjures up. So so again, I'm not. I can't be like, oh, shut up, don't complain about it because it's technically accurate. But it's also like, no, you. If it upsets you, that upsets you. You go right ahead. Like
0: <laughs> sometimes I'm like, uh, you guys need to address the fact that. Uh, people who are like Quentin Tarantino saying that. I'm like, okay, but you're like white cousins also saying it. Maybe you should kick his ass. Like,
1: e- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're saying it in a context that in a
0: fictional contest. And you guys are,
1: you yeah, know, exactly. I, I,
0: I mean, I don't know about you, but I've known, uh, especially when I was in like high school and shit, like white people who would just throw shit like that around. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, and frankly, I'm like, well, you know, if you think you can just casually say that word, and if Quentin Tarantino casually says that word, I'm like maybe you need to get popped and <laughs> learn a lesson. Maybe that's how that needs to go for you.
1: And and I might be misremembering, but I could have sworn he said in an interview, like way back around, probably around this time, um, that apparently his, well, apparently his mom dated a lot of people, which I. I don't know what to necessarily make of that um apparently she was like wilt chamberlain's girlfriend for a tiny bit <laughs> oh okay as as probably was dozens of others around the same time um but apparently he said he grew up around like a lot of black men and they threw that word around all the time he's like so i mean he's like clearly i didn't say it but it's just always kind of been ingrained in me since i was a kid again i might be misremembering but i i Kind of remember something? Yeah,
0: about, yeah, I don't know. It's one. I I think as far as the context of the podcast is concerned, we can address it with each film.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And
0: because in you know in this movie with this character, like you were just saying, that makes sense because this man is is insane. Like he is truly like, and we see that from what happens next. Yeah. So it's not surprising that he is also racist and would therefore use terminology like that
1: exactly
0: as stated before if that is a thing that bothers you about tarantino films that is completely valid if that's a thing that you go fuck tarantino for doing that that's Mm -hmm. completely valid and we never want to validate anyone's you know feeling on that oh definitely yeah but in this context that makes sense
1: yes yes exactly um so yeah uh the shop owner which i just realized i just found out his name is maynard i do not remember that i don't even know if they say his name if they do i never caught it <laughs> i don't um,
0: either i don't remember the names of these characters of these Terrible people i know the cop and
1: yeah well i mean i remember the cop's name because uh, well yeah we'll get to it okay. um so yeah maynard um <laughs> yeah so he holds a shotgun on them he winds up binding them and gagging them i want i want to say he probably i think he knocks them out um because yeah, they wake up they
0: wake up gagged
1: yeah they wake up gag tied to a chair um and his buddy zed the cop zed. has uh yeah because because zed has shown up in his and as a cop and they just clearly do they get along in a way that uh nobody should bond interesting over.
0: cop commentary Tarantino. true
1: <laughs> yeah exactly um which not to put not to put positions of authority down but he does kind of just seem like a beat cop who maybe uh maybe feels like he doesn't like while having authority should have more and this is maybe his way of uh getting more authority i don't know but i mean that
0: definitely is a motivation for assault in a lot of places is a as a control thing
1: yeah um yeah uh so yeah and, so and
0: let's remind each other again that we both saw this as children
1: <laughs> yeah so i mean did you
0: fully understand what was going on when you saw this as a child
1: um i did not know i mean i, I mean i knew that they were well i knew that it compared to butch and marcellus that the other two were bad guys and were gonna do bad things to them and what you do see mm-hmm. happening to marcellus later on i don't think i've fully comprehended what was happening i just knew it wasn't good
0: i remember this and deliverance
1: oh man me
0: both of them too young to watch it i will never be able to watch deliverance again ever but uh. watching those movies and then it kind and and being deeply disturbed by it like i was so upset by it obviously but like got, piecing together like uh i got it like so, something and it clicked even though I didn't like maybe when I was watching it, I didn't fully understand what it meant.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I saw Deliverance probably when I was like 12 or 13, so I definitely understood that yeah, a little more than, the than same this age. time. Yeah, 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 because I was again six or seven when I saw this the first time. So, okay, yeah, you were a few years younger than me when you saw this one. <laughs> yeah. um, so, like I said, I, I knew it wasn't It was something not good, yeah, but I yeah. didn't yeah, fully comprehend you... what it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're when you're a kid if you have any sort of education especially from like your parents of like, you know, a, you know, your your anatomy and everything like you can kind of piece together that something is wrong in this, but like that's so young to be watching this what the
1: fuck. Oh god, yeah, it's way yeah. too young to be watching this. Oh. I I
0: am of the belief that once you hit about 13, you can watch basically anything. But I go with the rule that my dad had, which is like, and if I had a kid, have a kid, that's kind of what I would want to do is like, you can watch anything but we're going to talk about it, especially if you have questions, you know, there's going to be a dialogue that's going on with it.
1: Yeah. I want to say, I want to say more or less that's how it was with me. Cause like, I mean, I think because I always took a, um, an appreciation of movies at a young age, my mom knew that I knew this is all fake. It's not real. Um, But again, if, if I had a question about what was happening, uh, I don't, I'm, I, you know what, I kind of vaguely remember asking like, oh, what is happening to him right here? And she kind of like, she kind of, you know, she kind of didn't look at me and was just like, she was like, it's, it's not good. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, good enough. Like, I I mean, I assumed (laughs) she kind of, she didn't tell me exactly. She was just like, it's, it's not good. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is, uh, oh God, he, he. He does a, a Zed is, you know, looking at Butch and Marcellus and he starts doing Eeny Meeny Miny, Mo. But Which like,
0: I did not know that the original version of Eeny Meeny Miny, Mo was
1: racist, like I, incredibly you, racist. I don't think I knew that, but honestly, it checks out. It sounds like
0: right. No, it does. It's like another <laughs> thing to add to the list of like, oh, racist origin. Um, but yeah. yeah, I remember my dad saying that that was a thing that people around him said when he was a kid. And he, you know, he was only fifty-four years old, like like that. He wasn't that old, you know. So, yeah. And then they they end up pick in the in the game. They end up picking Marcellus. And- yeah. And what's
1: creepy is Zed does it like under his breath the whole time. Like he's not saying it out loud. He's just yeah. doing it very quietly. And of course, is bouncing his finger between the two of them, and lands on Marcellus. And of course, you know, Martell starts bouncing around in his chair. And so Zed tells Maynard to go get the gimp and. Uh, out comes this really tall guy, just just decked out in a bondage suit. Um, and his I think they like chain him to the uh, the ceiling, which is so fucking weird.
0: Do you we so... think that the gimp is is a part of this consensually, or is he being held against his will and like in by them? Because you he know, seems to like when when Butch is like escaping. Like when Butch breaks loose, he seems to be trying to signal that that something is wrong, as if he is part of all of this by his own accord.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it is kind of weird because so yeah, they leave the they take Marcellus away and they let uh, the gimp kind of just like watch over Butch as kind of like a like a bodyguard and or not a bodyguard, but um, what is it called? The opposite of a bodyguard. (laughs) Uh, But he's basically just there to watch him to make sure he doesn't escape. Um, And so yeah, Butch does wind up he. It, what does, he do? does he like break the chair or he some uh, he, i think yeah I can't. Remember. he breaks the chair but somebody gets out of his he gets out of the rope he's tied up in but as soon as he gets up out of the chair the gimp just starts screaming but it's a muffled scream because he's got the damn bondage yeah. mask on and it's zipped up but so yeah he doesn't even do anything he just stands there and is just like screaming like trying to yell for help and then butch just clocks him one and knocks him the fuck out so it's like. Mm-hmm what is the purpose of the GIMP if he isn't going to like try to physically restrain anybody? <laughs> it,
0: it must be something a part of like the sexual aspect of it.
1: <sighs> yeah. And I, I guarantee that is somebody they captured and knows. Oh, if I play along, I won't be the one to be in as much pain as the other people are, so I am just going to play along. Like, yeah,
0: I guess I don't know. Ugh. Maybe it's a Theon Greyjoy situation. It's
1: exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that poor guy, dude. It's Like, fuck that whole series. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. Yeah, um, he
0: t- he killed two kids though. That's oh, that's, that's right. gonna happen. So every time, every time we're like, "Hey, Theon gray I'm like, "Yeah," but you know, he played but- the game and he killed two
1: kids. <sighs> But uh, do you think what he went through redeems him or no? Yeah, I do. Okay,
0: I okay. do. I think that he, um yeah, I think that that asks that question, and, that, and that's a really interesting thing of like, can someone be redeemed? And I, I think he can. I think you can.
1: Yeah, because it's was... a
0: lot, and he knows it, and he knows like he's gonna have to pay for these sins, kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah, and Jesus Christ for that. <laughs> and he the Gimp
0: is also paying for some sort of. Sin. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: You know what? That is one thing I want to like, that has always been a burning question is like, if Where's I ever got gimp? to ask Quentin anything, like what is his origin story and why the fuck is he even there? Like it's so weird. It almost seems out of place. But then again, you're like, no, this is Quentin. It, I guess it makes sense. Like <laughs> I just Googled what was up with the gimp and Pulp Fiction is what popped <laughs> up. The gimp
0: is a prisoner. They kept in their basement. Tarantino did reveal that. Okay. Um, but in my mind that's what he said like yeah that, that's. Yeah. and then he's Quentin does says that he believes that because he knocks him out and he's hanging he passes out and then he dies because he's hanging
1: yeah because they, they tied him or they yeah. chained him to the ceiling and it's through his like, uh, like choker basically <laughs> a literal choker in this <gasps> case
0: uh, oh my god this is terrible
1: uh oh Quentin
0: Tarantino what the fuck is wrong with you the gimp is a hitchhiker that they overpowered and they kept in there for seven years. Oh
1: my god,
0: yeah, apparently that's the like what Tarantino like the backstory of him.
1: Wow, so okay, good that he then.
0: dies and is put out of his misery, basically. And that's yeah, because you're not
1: recovering from that, most likely, no. especially for that long. If it had just been a few months, you can probably work that out in therapy. Seven, seven years. years, you're gone, you're done. <laughs> Good Lord. Man. Um, right. That's fucked. So so yeah, Butch escapes and he gets all the way up to the uh he gets all the way up to the exit entrance to the uh right, to where the, he to can the pawn leave. shop. Yeah, he's about to walk out the door. Like he did, I think he even does it twice. Like he grabs the handle, starts to walk stops. Mm-hmm. Starts to walk stops, and then there's there's music playing, and I can't remember the exact song now. I should have noted that. That's playing um which what's sad is <laughs> Okay, okay hold on I'll, I'll tell you when we get there so it's okay <laughs> so he grows a conscience I guess um I mean I never got I, the, I, no, I never got I the think, feeling he was a bad person no, you know what I, I mean? No I agree
0: and so, I think that that's just like that just shows I mean I don't think it said he grows a conscience in that moment it said he's he's human and he go, and like I mean I think you'd have to be really fucked up to not do something in that situation
1: yeah um so he he is like kind of looking at the back of the behind the counter of the pawn shop. I think he sees a bat. Um, he sees, which I think these are all nods to things too. He sees a bat, um, which is the only thing off the top of my head, the only thing I can think of that would be a nod to would be the Warriors. Um, and then he grabs a chainsaw which i'm gonna assume could be texas chainsaw and then and then he puts that down and sees... what if i was
0: like the bat is actually alluding to the movie signs which hasn't come out yet but that's what he was alluding to <laughs> <laughs> he was like swing um, away oh
1: know? my god <laughs> oh jesus christ can you imagine bruce willis in the walking phoenix role? <laughs> that would be really funny oh that'd be so strange um so yeah then he looks up and sees um He's a samurai sword, and it's just so funny because he just his eyes are just like so fixated on it, and I feel Quentin's like Quinn's like soon, soon, it just my, it, my baby, and I just feel like you, as an audience member, for some reason, are just like, oh fuck yeah, grab the sword, and I don't know why.
0: And knowing what we know now, <laughs> that he's going to make Kill Bill and like,
1: oh, in just less, two movies, well, l- yeah. less than
0: a decade later, yeah. Um, I oh my god, I'm so fucking excited.
1: <sighs> so. Yeah, so he grabs God, and what sucks too is he. So he grabs a sword and very, very slowly makes his way back down to the basement of the pawn shop. My my God, he takes his fucking time getting there. And so I looked it up, and this so you can hear like lots of like yelling, and you can hear mm-hmm. m- like Marcellus basically well gagged screaming because he's got that ball gag on him. Um, and so Butch again slowly opens the door and zed is raping marcellus and so the song that is playing is flowers on the wall by lewis c dewitt and i uh i'm i I think this story is funny but i'm gonna hate telling it um (laughs) there was another video of quentin saying he originally wanted my sharona to be playing but but it had just come out in i want to say empire records that same year and so he didn't and so he couldn't like i guess the license was already used for that year or something or he just didn't want to copy them
0: that's probably more likely I and the limit of movies for like getting a song yeah unless that's something i'm not aware of
1: yeah um <laughs>
0: I'm sure I have it in my trivia notes here too, but either way. Yeah, that's...
1: It, and he was saying, and somebody, whoever he was talking to, was like, oh my God, like, why does that song, why would that song oddly work in that scene and make it even creepier? And he just, oh, God damn it. Quentin's response goes, yeah. it goes, isn't it a good butt fucking song? Oh my God. I was like Jesus Christ, man. something is ro- I think we can all
0: mutually agree whether you're a diehard fan or just not a fan, a casual fan, whatever. something is wrong with this man. <laughs>
1: And now I honestly, oh, I probably ruined it for everybody, but now all I hear is him saying that anytime I hear that fucking song. And I
0: and I would say that to Quentin if he was right here talking about this movie with us. I want to make that very clear. I'd be like, <laughs> sir, something is wrong with you. And he'd probably, I mean, he might get offended, but I'd like to think he'd laugh at that.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, there are some people that are like, oh, yeah, you have to be a little messed up to come up with the shit I come up with. Like, how can oh, you not yeah. be? <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so... There is a shot of Marcellus, like, it's a close-up of Marcellus, and he sees Butch walking in the room, and I want to say uh Maynard, like, sees Marcellus's face. Yeah, like, last and, second. Yeah, and so Maynard turns around, and Butch gives him a nice swipe across the chest, or, god, the ab, the entire torso. mm mm-hmm. um, And, of course, that freaks out Zed. Zed, like, winds up, like, backing into the side of the room, and... um Uh, Butch steps in front of Maynard and just gives him a good old gut stab. But again, a lot of this is off screen. You don't see him actually get, you don't see the actual slashing and you don't see him actually get stabbed. It's at the bottom of the frame and you don't see it. So, which is kind of crazy that he's uh, showing some restraints, especially in this uh, very graphic scene. Um, And so this is probably my favorite. Well, my favorite part for uh, Marcellus. So, uh, Marcellus gets up and he grabs uh, he grabs the uh, shotgun and fires it right at Zed's groin area um, mm-hmm. and of course Zed is just absolutely writhing in pain and screaming which is like I just feel like my favorite one of my favorite gifts to send is is of. Uh, Seth Green as Scott Evil and he's just got this <laughs> smile on his face and he's just doing a slow nod and I feel like it's, it's that's exactly what you're doing when you watch it's just like yeah, yeah that's right like you know uh, and so I pulled up the quotes because it's it's such a good part so mm-hmm. Butch asks him if he's okay Marcellus just says nah man I'm pretty fucking far from okay and Butch says what now Marcellus says what now let, let me tell you what now I can't I'm going to paraphrase it here um I'm going to call a couple hard pipe-hitting people who will go to work on the homes here with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. You hear me talking, Billy Boy? I ain't through with you by a damn sight. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. And then Butch says, I meant what now between me and you? (laughs) (laughs) Again, injecting this fucking humor into this dark scene. And Marcellus just says, oh, that what now? I'll tell you what now between me and you there is no me and you not no more and he basically tells him you get out of here by sundown and you don't ever fucking come back yeah
0: he gives him a free pass basically he's like you have to leave i don't want to see your ass again but you're good
1: which i feel like is probably to keep up his reputation uh he's probably gonna say no we caught him we killed him let's move on like
0: that and he also does not want butch telling anyone about the assault that's another big part of it you don't speak about this you don't tell a single soul once again that maintains his reputation but also his privacy like this is a very traumatic thing that he's just gone through and yeah
1: yeah i was gonna say male female doesn't matter yeah rape is rape it's fucking yeah Yeah, nobody needs a memory of that
0: and you know he he deserves that privacy
1: oh yeah Basically. definitely um so he uh butch you know takes off he runs out of the store and he winds up swiping uh zed's keys off the counter and shows up uh, back at the hotel tells uh fabian like we need to go we need to hit the fucking road um of course he has to kind of slow him down a bit by asking like oh whose bike is that where have you been what's been going on and he finally is just like like come on we gotta fucking go <laughs> no. of course of course, she starts crying and, and, and he, he, he's like you know <laughs> again it's kind of funny because he's like, he's like I'm sorry for yelling but we just need to go what'd you have for breakfast Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but they finally get on the bike and she says whose bike is this and he says it's not a bike it's a chopper and she says whose chopper is this and Butch says it's Zed's and of course he says who's Zed and he just says Zed's dead baby Zed's dead
0: Zed's dead <laughs> <laughs>
1: And they drive off and that is the end of the gold watch. Um so yeah, I mean, again, we we needed that that the prelude to the gold watch as a kind of a buffer um between Vincent's story and and getting to Butch. Um and, and it is a little slow. Pretty much pretty much this just this section when they're at the hotel um is kind of a is kind of a the slowest part. But once I think once Butch leaves to go get the watch, it's kind of borderline non-stop like suspense from there yeah um, it really kicks into high gear and yeah um, and
0: and then it's after this so they leave um and then after this is this, the diner scene right
1: uh no this we call back to oh so no, right no, no.
0: yeah you're right you're right
1: so yeah this is so right after that we fade to black after they drive off um we get the title that says the bonnie situation which <laughs> yeah. i feel like this is probably like the most underrated section of the movie like while the first it half has is what
0: I think the fun is the funniest line of the movie, which is uh, oh man, I shot Marvin in the face.
1: <laughs> I I was gonna say I have a I have a another story that I just came across like yesterday talking about yeah. that, so I'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but yeah, I think I like the Bonnie situation as the best part of it, even though the first half of this movie is so memorable and iconic. I think the Bonnie situation to me is just the best part. I don't necessarily it's, know it's why. Mo-
0: it's really good.
1: Yeah. Uh, so before we completely f- uh, fade back in, we hear uh, Jules giving his Ezekiel 25, 17 um, prayer uh, passage. Um, mm-hmm. And we we fade in. It's funny because people always call him this. I- I've seen people online calling this. We fade in on not Jerry Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. it's it's played by Alexis Arquette, um, who rest in peace. I forgot that they passed away. God, um, I can I look it up when did he pass away or she sorry
0: I'm looking I don't remember if she used I think she used she pronouns I, th- I think unless, they... she, unless she switched to they at the end and in which case we apologize and we'll correct that in a second 2016
1: yeah okay so wow eight what is that eight years ago something like that yeah six years yeah
0: ago? she it, and and she went by she pronouns
1: okay okay um yes so it is Alexis Arquette uh hanging out in the bathroom with a big ass gun listening to everything that is going on and uh they hear uh they hear uh Jules and vincent he uh kill uh Brett and as they're and as Jules and Vincent are standing there kind of like just collecting themselves after what just happened uh I think I think he's just listed as like man in the bathroom or something like that. Um I think that's what is I think that's what he's what they're credited as uh but pops out and fires that gun and somehow does not hit them a single fucking time because <laughs> no. Vince and Jules just look at each other. You know, they look at themselves, look at each other and then they both look at, at him and just, you know, fire off like four rounds and kill him. And, uh, yeah.
0: And, and Alexis Arquette at this time, um, was, she had not undergone her, um, gender, tra- gender transition, uh, and, and not publicly been, uh, trans, that I know of, at least not looking at um, her personal life and history that she is credited as fourth man. So that's oh, it. Fourth man. Okay.
1: Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was like man in bathroom. I knew it was, yeah. I knew it was a just, very like nondescript name. Yeah.
0: She was just credited as fourth man.
1: Okay. Cause I know um, I just watched uh, bride of Chucky and I don't know if maybe that's where she started. Because it very much looks like Alexis Arquette in this movie, just with long black hair. Um, but then obviously when you get to like the wedding scene, you, think, can, you can start to see.
0: Yeah, I think that she was becoming more gender affirming in her presentation. Yeah. Outwardly. But she, in 2004, was when she like actually, uh, looking at her uh, her Wikipedia, she actually was like, she documented the, the experience. She had a film that she documented this experience. Oh. She tri- uh, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2007, but oh, wow. she expressed interest in it as early as 2004, and um, she kept her choice as to whether or not she underwent gender-affirming surgery private mm. from the media until she completed her transition in 2006. Yes. So she, it sounds like she was kind of private about it while she was going through the actual transition, and then from there, she openly talked about it and became a vocal supporter of the trans community. Good. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um so so yeah, after after they Jules and uh Vincent wind up killing him, they uh Marvin is like on the ground just freaking out. I think he's saying, like, I'm fucked. I'm so fucked. Like I think mm-hmm. I think he thinks that they're gonna kill him next. Mm-hmm. And um I think Vince says, like, you want to tell him to shut the fuck up or something like that? And oh no, that happens, um, that happens after they uh, after they kill Brett, is when he's saying that, um, because it, Vince tells him, like, you, you weren't tell him to shut the fuck up? And he yells, Marvin, I'd knock that shit off if I were you, and then that's when he pops out of the room and starts shooting at them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, Jules, or Vincent goes over there and kneels down next to him and goes, why didn't you tell us there was somebody hiding in the bathroom with a fucking hand cannon? Mm-hmm. And Jules is like, did you see that gun he had on him? It was bigger than him. <laughs> And of course, the we get the divine intervention thing. He's looking at the, which again, this whole part is um, kind of a topic of debate because you can see the bullet holes behind them before he actually pops out of the bathroom and shoots at them, which everyone chalked up to a blooper, um, like an error. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and other people are like, no, it's just a, it's just a really run down, shitty apartment, and probably had bullet holes from the prior, prior people. That's interesting. Uh, um yeah. and, other, and other people are like no the bullets like did go through them and into the wall hence the divine intervention thing so it's kind of and i think quentin has even said you i think somebody has confirmed the bullet holes were in fact an, an error a blooper like you weren't supposed to see them in that shot so i feel like you kind of you kind of
0: uh, i think it's fun to think of it as divine intervention though
1: yeah, or just you come up with you, you know, you whatever you settle on conclusion. that you that you yeah. think again with the briefcase, whatever you think is in there that satisfies you, that's what it is. Like yeah, you know exactly.
0: Oh, so they're in the car now, right? Because they're they're talking about the miracle in the car. They take Marvin with them.
1: They I can't remember if this uh, yeah because I think um, oh yes because um, as they're driving, uh, Jules basically says like i'm done i'm fucking done with this like mm-hmm. something, something like that doesn't just happen to you and 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 it not be a sign so like i'm i'm fucking done with this and of course vince is not having it he's like you know god damn it don't do this to me like this is you know you're you're being ridiculous or whatever and um i just i just like when jules is like it's like what just happened to us was a fucking miracle and i want you to acknowledge it <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> yeah and of course that's when this is when vince is like you know like Marvin, what do you think? And Marvin says, "I don't have an opinion." And if, for whatever reason, just, he fucking turns around to talk yeah. to him, and is holding it is holding his the gun, and not only holding it, but with his tr- uh, finger on the trigger, aimed right at Marvin and you know he says well, you've got to have an opinion i mean do you think that god came down from heaven and then all of a sudden boom <laughs> you just see marvin's head explode from outside the car like a-
0: and it's yeah and it's just blood god. everywhere it's really gruesome
1: and, and oh man i
0: shot marvin in the face And
1: yeah jules is like what what just happened and, and vince is like oh man i just shot marvin in the face <laughs> and so what what so i came across a video and it was around the, around the time they were making this, um, I guess John Travolta said, um, he says, he said, as it was written in the script was, I just shot Marvin. That was what it said. And he said, he's like, Oh, you know, I can, I think I can make that line funny. And so he went up to Quentin and said, can I say I shot Marvin in the face? And Quentin was like, you know, yeah, go ahead and go for it. And so that we did a take. He's like, and I said, I shot Marvin in the face and it just became like, it just became so much funnier than what Quentin had written, and he he absolutely loved it. So it was just kind of funny that that was just that little change is what made it funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird how, especially with jokes, if you have one little tweak, it becomes better, you yeah. know?
1: It, and especially because of his, in, in I'm, I'm going to assume his inflection obviously had a part to do it. Because if he had just turned around and was just like, oh man, I just shot Marvin. Like, I don't know, I felt like he could have said it very dour, but instead he was just so much like, just... <laughs> It clearly was an accident, and that's how it, he addresses it. Yeah, oh, and man, he and, and he and face. he
0: very much he very much is like I just dropped my coffee. Yeah,
1: like, like
0: it's it's like a it's an it's a like this is an annoying inconvenience.
1: <laughs> I just like how how Jules is just like, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I didn't mean to do it, man. You went over a bump or something." And he was like, "The car ain't hit no motherfucking bump." <laughs> oh my god, this whole exchange so, is so good
0: so now they have to take they take the car to jules's friend jimmy who is quentin tarantino yes. and this is this is quentin's part in the movie and quentin is weir- he's just weirdly obsessed with it being cleaned before his wife gets home like that's his whole yeah the rush of it
1: i kind of want to know what why they have a uh, connection with jimmy like i wonder what jimmy does or did um
0: Uh, yeah i would assume that he was just in that crime world at some point
1: yeah and maybe just left and again just doesn't want his wife to see a dead body there also doesn't want to know about his past or whatever he's a
0: friend of Jules and a connection to the cleaner
1: oh yeah yeah um and of (laughs) course i mean god it's again this is why i love this part so much because there's just every every line of dialogue is like so good and means something and nothing is like wasted from this mm-hmm. entire section. Um, so I think this is when they, of course the coffee discussion, because this is before they actually call anybody and, uh or no, I think they, uh, no, this is when they get there and they're washing their hands in the, uh, in the bathroom and, and Vince does a terrible job of washing his hands and instead gets like blood all over the hand towels. Mm-hmm. And Jules is like, what is he saying? He's like, uh, He's like, "Oh, I thought you were gonna wash your hands first. And he's like, "I did wash them." He goes, uh, "He goes, the soap doesn't isn't good or something like that." And, and Jules goes, "I used the same fucking soap you did, and when I was done, the towel didn't look like no fucking maxi pad." <laughs> 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 oh my god. Um, so yeah, they head out to the kitchen and they're they're drinking coffee, and of course, this is where the infamous uh, I, infamous is a, is, a, is a a bad reason for being famous. So I shouldn't say it that way, but. I guess the famous uh, line of uh, Joel's drinking the coffee and saying, "Mm, this is some serious gourmet shit. Yeah. Um, And Jimmy's like, you don't need to tell me how good my coffee is. I'm the one that buys it. I know how fucking good it is. I, I want to know who would have been cast in this role had Quentin originally did what he wanted to do, which was be, uh, be Lance, but he wanted, you know, he wanted to be behind the camera during Mm -hmm. the the Mia scene. That scene. Yeah. Um, So I want to know who would have been in this part, like if 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 it even got that far uh, of wanting somebody in this in that role instead, had he done that. But because Quentin's not known for his acting, but he does because he's I think because he's so fucking deadpan in this. It works really well. Yeah. Um, Yeah,
0: I agree. It's it's an interesting role to choose as the cameo.
1: Yeah. And I think it's because he, you know, again, you always hear, I get, I get, he probably doesn't necessarily classify himself as an actor, but you usually hear actors play the best, uh, at the opposite of what they are. And Quentin is not deadpan uh, as himself. He's very energetic. Um, so I think that's why it works out so well for him being in the Jimmy role. Um, I mean, are are we just going to gloss over his, his use of that word again? Uh, (laughs)
0: I mean, yeah, other than the fact that I think Quentin really just wants to say it and finds an excuse to say it on screen.
1: Yeah. The, the only especially because he is saying it to Joy. I think
0: he's trying to make it funny. Like this whole bit is supposed to be funny, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think initially it's fun. Like when he first says it, it's kind of like a, okay, that's a little funny. But then he says it like two or three more times, they're kind of just like, ugh, like, okay, to me, it's not funny anymore. Now he is just pissed, especially because he's saying it to Jules and doesn't care that he's saying it to Jules. Um, But also, I think that might just be his position of power, like, hey, I can't say this to you, and you're not gonna say shit, because you need my fucking help right now. (laughs) Right, that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think (laughs) it is his character being an asshole in that moment, and like, using that against Jules. Yeah,
1: because it, it more or less does seem like they if they don't have a good friendship, they're at least good acquaintances. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, he's letting him, letting him clean his bloody car and his house and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you know,
0: after that, that's, I mean, yeah, we can kind of skip. We, I feel like we've kind of addressed that if people, and, and listener, like if you guys are like, eh, you didn't really handle that. Like tell us and we will, you know, if you guys want to share your thoughts, we will definitely read those on the show and talk about that. Oh yeah. Definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, so Marcellus sends his sends Winston Wolf, which is Harvey Keitel. He's the cleaner.
1: Like I love how he said how when they're on the phone, he tells them like, "Oh, that's what does he say?" He says like, "Oh, that's fifteen minutes away. I'll be there in 10 And then we yeah. cut to outside Jimmy's house, and it says like nine minutes and thirty seven seconds later. <laughs> yeah. like that. just rolling off. <laughs> so good. Oh my god! And uh, I can't remember what the fuck his car is. It's like a jaguar or something Mm -hmm. like that you know it's some fast fast little sporty car um
0: so they have to clean their clothes change into other clothes which is it's really funny seeing them in i mean i know that they so like the sequence of events of they have to clean the car completely
1: um yeah i think this is probably my favorite uh my favorite uh, line or at least exchange with with um from Jules anyway, when they're mm-hmm. in there cleaning the car. Um, and so that, you know, of course they're pissed off at each other as they're cleaning. And, and Vince tells them like, Hey, you know, uh, he goes, he goes, he goes, I'm a race car and you got me in the red. And you know what happens when you get a race car in the red, it can blow. And I'm, all I'm saying is I can blow. And, and, <laughs> uh, Jules says, says, Oh, Oh, you, you're going to blow. And he says, yes. And <laughs> Jules says, Oh my God, I love this so much. Joel says, well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. Every time my uh, hands touch, uh, every time my hands touch um, brains or, uh, oh, damn it, now I can't remember exactly how he finishes it. Uh, it's just like the whole, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> um,
0: no one can pull off a line oh with God. motherfucker like, like Samuel L. Jackson
1: yeah oh oh okay here it is he says well i'm a mushroom cloud land motherfucker motherfucker every time my fingers touch brain i'm super fly tnt i'm the guns of the navarone in fact what the <laughs> fuck am i doing in the back you're the motherfucker who should be on brain detail i'm washing the windows and you're picking up his skull and <laughs> then yeah and then it cuts to the car being nice and clean they've got like uh like little quilts oh because jimmy tells him hey. tells tells the uh tells the wolf right before like hey these were these were a gift from like my aunt they're a wedding gift and i would really like them to not get it's such a weird benign scene but again it's it's just funny because all jimmy wants is for these quilts to not get messed up and the wolf is just like you know what i think your aunt jenny or whatever would like that you're putting them to good use or something i don't know it's (laughs) weird it's just such an odd scene to throw in but it's so funny um they they get
0: hosed off when they when they lose the suits because that's part of getting rid of any evidence. Yeah,
1: I like how, um, how the it's wolf really them, funny. I'm sure, you've all been to lockup. You know how this goes, and just <laughs> closes them down. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then we we cut, uh, <laughs> then, fade to fade to black, fade back in, and they're just in these just
0: just they're go- in G- Jimmy's clothes, basically. Yeah. They uh, look ridiculous. Like uh, it, like the the suits are un- a uniform. It's cool.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. They and and very, then right this uniform. is
0: like oh yeah you're just a couple of dicks
1: yeah and i think uh i think the wolf asked him like oh how do they look and he says uh like dorks they look like a couple of dorks." yep and uh what i love is john travolta is wearing a uc santa cruz shirt Mm -hmm. which i didn't have that exact one but i had a uc santa cruz shirt because um my grandma lived in santa cruz for like 15 years and i would go visit her every summer so every now and then i would get like i might have had a uc santa cruz hat too but i know uh quentin has some has some connection to UC Santa Cruz. Uh, he just, he, I don't know. He really likes, he really likes it there for some reason or another. I can't remember exactly what his connection is, but that's always kind of cool that, um, I don't know. I can have that small connection. Like, Hey, like,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to
1: know someone who lived in Santa Cruz <laughs> and I used to visit there. Like, I, yeah. cool. I don't know. Um, so then they, they go to, I'm assuming it's like a, uh, Oh my God, what is it called? they uh, not a they junk the car Yeah. It, yeah. The junkyard for cars. They get rid of the yeah. car. Um, and, uh,
0: then they go to the diner right and that's like
1: yeah this and this is when they meet raquel for whatever reason this is yeah then he just i just like how when they're leaving he tells him uh he goes i'll say good night raquel and and raquel goes good (laughs) night (laughs) raquel it's another weird little moment but yeah then they they're standing there and they're getting ready to call a cab and um i think vincent says you know i can go for some breakfast you want some breakfast and jules is like yeah let's do some breakfast and then yes it cuts to them at the at the diner we're so now we're back at the be- we're at the end of the movie but the scene we're back at the beginning of the movie you find out because um again they have a really good conversation um just about retiring and whatnot and i like i, I really like how um jules says you know i'm gonna be like kane and kung fu and just walk the earth like i, I don't know it's, yeah it's, 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 it's really oddly, cool it's an oddly um i guess for jules it's an oddly sentimental moment like that is you can tell that's just all he wants to do in life is just kind of just coast through life um, just kind of unseen and just kind of be in the background you know like um, I don't know I just I really like that moment
0: that would have been an interesting film had Tarantino wanted to do that of like Jules just off in the world
1: yeah that's again that's why he his characters are so good because you you could literally watch another movie on pretty much any of them and it'll be very interesting because I mean he was going to do the Vega brothers with John yeah and and then they, Madsen, but that, but yeah then they aged they it. aged out of it yeah um so while they're having their conversation well no i take that back um vince gets up to go to the bathroom uh, and of course they cut to him in there reading the same book he's going to be reading yep. later slash earlier when uh, butch shows up um and then we cut to uh pumpkin and honey bunny right as they holding up yeah the, hold up the restaurant um so eventually they're, you know, they're taking the money from the register. They're getting all, all the wallets from everybody. And he winds up think uh, like, pumpkin isn't. Yeah, he's pumpkin. Um, yes. She's he, honey bunny. Yeah. He winds up at uh at Jules's table and, you know, they have their uh, exchange. And th- again, like there's no specificity of what is in that case. The fact that, you know, you know, he gives him the wallet. And tells him, like, oh, what's in the case? And he says, My boss is dirty laundry. And he was like, Boss has you during doing his dirty laundry? <laughs> Just I don't know, it's a good moment. And and he was like, you know, you are like, I'm not giving you the case. And he's like, You know, you're willing to die over it. And so, you know, they do the count of three thing, and right as he gets to three, he says, Okay, Ringo, you win, and opens it up and shows him. And of course, the gold light hits hits Pumpkin's face, and he's staring at it, and he says, Is that what I think it is? And Jewel says, Yep. And then he says, But I can't give it to you, and closes it. So that is the only notion of somebody who has no connection whatsoever to Jules, even knows what that is in the case.
0: Yeah, and and again, we never find out.
1: Yeah, never find out. I don't. I am sure. I think Quentin says he he knows what it is, but he likes to, for anybody else to think what it is 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 what it is like.
0: Yeah, open seeker, for interpretation. So.
1: Um, because I think he has said like. It's like you, you want to know because I'm not telling you. That's the reason why you want to know. But I guarantee you whatever you are coming up with is probably better than what I came up with, which
0: Yeah, and I also and I also think yeah, nothing is going to be as interesting as the mystery of it.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's what makes it good. Um And so uh Ben comes back out from the bathroom and they are all kind of like having a Mexican standoff with one another and uh I, I've I've always wanted Jules's bad motherfucker wallet. <laughs> I've always wanted Yeah,
0: and I did read in Trivia that Tarantino has that.
1: The the screen used one?
0: I assume it was the screen used one.
1: I, I would think so, most likely. Because I mean now they're mass produced, so
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently it's a shaft reference.
1: Oh, that makes sense. That, yeah, that definitely makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, they have their Mexican standoff. Um and uh you're thinking Jules is going to, you're thinking Jules is going to kill him because he recites the passage to him, and then at the end, he tells him like, now if you if you hear that, that means that was your ass, like yeah, you were know, going to be dead at the end of that, and he's like, but I've turned over a new leaf today, so that's why I'm going to let you walk out of here, um, with all the money and whatnot, but I'm keeping this case, and yeah, so Honey Bunny and Pumpkin get up and leave, and I, it's so funny they walk away like dogs with their tail between their legs like they walk yeah. away so defeated and i'm like you got you got people's wallets and whatnot like what why are you so defeated i think uh, they're
0: just shaken
1: by jules i think so yeah he oh. yeah definitely put a little bit of a scare into them um but i really like when uh, vincent walks over to jules as they're standing up and J- vincent's just like i think we should get the fuck out of here and yeah jules is like yeah you're probably right and they they both stand up and they at the same time, like, put the, the guns, like, in their shorts and they walk out the diner and written and directed by Quentin Tarantino shows up. Yep. Um, That's it. It's, again, it's so good that we end with the beginning, which is, ugh, goddamn, They, uh, and And I know he has said, like, when we wrote the script, we did not write it in chronological order and rearrange it. What you see is how we wrote it. Like, we wrote it out of order for a reason. So... <laughs> which is yeah which which, my god i feel like that's almost got to be harder
0: (laughs) yeah i agree it seems like a really tough script to write and i don't i've never written anything like that so i don't even know how you'd begin to do that
1: and again rightfully so won best uh yeah best original screenplay yes it did that year so or the next year whatever um rightfully so yeah the
0: awards the awards it got that year it won uh the golden globe for Best Screenplay, and Tarantino did not mention Avery when he won, uh, and it got seven Oscar nominations, Best Picture, Best Screenplay, Travolta was nominated, Uma was nominated, uh, Samuel Jackson was nominated, and it got nominated for editing as well, and Tarantino and Avery won uh, Best Screenplay, and Forrest Gump won Best Picture that year. I mean,
1: I do enjoy that movie, like, but I, it's
0: apples and oranges. It's it's really hard to compare it,
1: yeah, films, I, it, you know. It really is. Um, but it seems honestly, it seems like the the more recent assessment of Forrest Gump is like you only like it because it's nostalgic. Take a step back and look; it's really not that great, you know. And I'm like, you know, I
0: disagree with that.
1: Uh, <sighs> I
0: I think it's pretty great. I think uh, that people maybe view it as corny now, and that's why they don't like it.
1: I think my only issue that I in and watching it you know god however long later like 30 years later at this point um is there are times where it seems like the emotions are a little forced um like they're like Zemeckis is kind of forcing you to feel a certain way as opposed to letting it happen naturally and I'm sure some of the some of his um uh, ailments and mental disabilities probably haven't aged uh, very well um
0: yeah and i don't know about that and i don't even know if i'd still say it's best picture like of that year and a lot of movies that win best picture shouldn't really win in retrospect but exactly. of this time this movie was huge pulp fiction was huge but forrest gump was such a of the moment movie you know it was in the cultural zeitgeist in a huge way, and I think sometimes movies win for that reason as well. It's also got a lot of like nostalgia trickled into it in a mm. time where um, you know people of that age bracket were kind of looking back on the '60s and reflecting and kind of going over their youth. Really,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And I think that's a part of it too. It, when you look at the the voting demographic. Of the Academy as well.
1: True. Um, I just I, I don't know. I think my my looking at it is like whether you agree or disagree that it wasn't a good was or was not a good movie um, I just feel like how could you not see this movie and just be like holy shit I have never seen anything like that and it's not showy like in, in the term in terms of like there's no there's no special effects or anything like that. Um and but yet, it's it's
0: wholly different like yes. it's it's very unique
1: exactly and again not to say that Forrest Gump isn't but I just I, man I just I can't imagine seeing the two like because yes they do vote so I can't imagine at the very least seeing these two and being like eh, Forrest Gump like yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but like I said in that sense it, yeah it'd be very hard for me to I, I, I'm trying
0: but, to find the rest of the movies that were nominated that year right now um okay it was four weddings and a funeral pulp fiction (laughs) it's it's pretty good um pulp fiction quiz show which i don't even know what that is i
1: have never even heard of that
0: i haven't either it's directed and produced by robert redford i've never heard of that movie which is weird for me and shawshank redemption And obviously Forrest Gump, which won. That was a tough year. I feel like you could have picked Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, or Shawshank Redemption. And I think that Four Weddings and a Funeral, I don't know anything about Quiz Show, so I can't speak to that. But Four Weddings and a Funeral was a Dark Horse nomination. I don't think it It ever had a chance of winning, but it was a pretty revolutionary um, romantic comedy.
1: Man, I th- I need to watch that, I, I guess. is uh, am I wrong or is Hugh Grant in that? Yes, he is. Okay. he is.
0: And that's kind of like a breakthrough role for him.
1: Okay, cuz yeah, oh yeah, 94, that makes sense. Yeah. 93, 94. Um cuz I think they remade that. I want to say like Chris Rock was in it or something like that. Yeah,
0: they I believe they have done
1: <laughs> They've probably done it a couple times. Different iterations of it. <laughs> um man, yeah, like if man, if I mean, for me it would have been between this or Shawshank and that would have been such a difficult thing because not that not that um shawshank isn't as miraculously or wholly as original as this but god damn does that story hit you i watched it um recently like man maybe a month ago and jesus christ it still hits you and all the emotions yeah every scene still works just uh,
0: i think all these films are fantastic and i do like i do still love forrest gump like i said i i will defend forrest gump i think it's a great movie but i would pick pulp fiction for best picture this year yeah i I, and acknowledging that i've never seen quiz show so i I mean i don't even know what the fuck that movie is
1: i was gonna say did it deserve to be nominated i haven't seen it but i'm gonna assume it was nominated for a reason um Regardless, I just would I would I pick it to win? Probably not.
0: <laughs> just a quick side note here because I just saw this and I I did not know this at all. Um, that year, *Bullets Over Broadway* came out, and Jennifer Tilly was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I had no clue oh. that she is an Oscar-nominated
1: actress. Um, I thought there was something else she was also nominated for, but I might be wrong. Uh, maybe not. That maybe. was her. I
0: guess her breakthrough performance. And man. she was nominated.
1: Wow, I, I, and I've always loved Jennifer Tilly. I don't know how you can not like Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> she's so entertaining to watch.
0: Yeah, I think she's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I there is a there is a uh, I feel like a stigma of of um, of people like me saying Quentin Tarantino is your favorite director and or Pulp Fiction is your favorite movie because both of those things are true of me and because i feel like that's what that's what like a lot of like douchey bro people
0: think but yeah it's that or like fight club or something i mean i like
1: fight club and all but calm down people (laughs) it's not it's not that great it's pretty good but it's not that great um i think
0: the thing about fight club is it's interesting in ways that the people who are saying that's their favorite movie are not picking up on
1: yeah exactly um and i think the I think the reason why Quentin is my favorite director I might have said this in our intro episode or or on Reservoir Dogs but I just I like that he is somebody who clearly makes movies for himself. He is definitely yeah. a I don't give a shit what anyone well, else thinks. I'm making this because this is something I would want to watch whether it's good or not. I want to see this and it's like I, you know I right
0: also on. think I also think I think of his movies a lot. So like he you know one thing I think about all the time is in, you know, there's stuff in this movie and everything, but the inglorious Bastard scene where they do the three versus three, the German three versus the, like, oh. non-German three, things like that. Yeah. There's little things sprinkled into all of his movies that just stick with you and you think of it random moments and everything like that. And I think that's, like, a really powerful ability.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it's it's hard enough to make like one iconic scene in your entire filmography let alone you not only is each one of your movies iconic in their own right but also each one of themselves contains iconic scenes in each one and i think he checks all those boxes which is i don't know if we'll ever see another director like him in our at least in our lifetime anyway like i don't don't know and
0: and i i respect how he wants to pursue films in his career but i i do wish and i feel like we're always going to wish that he had done more
1: oh definitely yeah and and i think he's even said that he's like you know because people have been like oh you know you're you can still he's only what coming up to his 60s if he's not yet um like you still got plenty of time to make more movies, and he's like, "Yeah, but why look. make why make more when I can leave them wanting more?" You know. And like, yeah,
0: and I understand that, but I also I I personally like how Martin Scorsese has talked about this recently. How he's like, "I've reached my the age that I am now, and I'm like, I just want more time. I ju-, he's like, I just feel like I'm getting good. I just feel like oh, I'm getting. Man. I just feel like I'm getting to explore these things that I'm." approaching quentin tarantino is 60 by the way okay um he turned 60 in march okay (laughs) so yeah yeah, like that's so i can see both sides of it i can see wanting to walk away knowing that you've done you know everything you can everything like that but i also see that part of guys like scorsese that are like i just want to be able to keep making one more film because this is the thing I love more than anything in the world. And I feel like I'm just continuing to get closer and closer to what I want to achieve.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, and I can't imagine being Martin Scorsese at the age he is and still feeling like, still having that vigor and just wanting to do more because you feel like you still have more to express. Like,
0: yeah, you're, he, you're fucking Martin
1: Scorsese 50 years into dude, your career. I'm like, so am
0: fucking excited for Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, like, same. So. I I think that movie is going to be like
1: one of his best. I really need to read the, the book, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm...
0: I'm happier going into it without knowing. I
1: yeah. think I'd like to just
0: enjoy the movie. And I don't know a lot about the history of that particular movie situation um and subject matter yeah, so i mean, I, I usually view things like that it's, i did the same thing with oppenheimer where i didn't know a lot and i went in and then afterwards i went and like read a lot into it and i thought that was interesting
1: yeah that's what i was gonna say i really wanted to read american prometheus beforehand but i'm already not a non-fiction reader and that book is like 900 pages so <laughs> i yeah. definitely would not make it through that i mean who knows it i might i think mostly because nonfiction stuff there are people who write nonfiction like it's fiction in a way in this it just it's, yeah. it's structured like a story and not events i guess i don't know how else to describe it but uh, yeah. apparently there's really good non-fiction writers who do that to keep you yeah. invested and you're not just reading and, a series of like articles
0: <laughs> and i think back to tarantino like i don't think when he stops making movies after he makes his next film let's say he sticks to that he never makes another movie again I don't think that's going to be him stopping. I think he's going to keep writing books. I think he's going to write more nonfiction, like movie uh, books about movies. I could see him, you know, being a producer on on you know documentaries or maybe even like co writing some stuff if he wanted to do movies. But like, I think he's just going to branch out and do different things.
1: Yeah, he he has said um, he wants to continue writing novels. Um, he said that he has he would like to do um oh uh, what is it called uh the damn a play series the, the oh, series no. that uh that uh leonardo dicaprio was in in once upon a time in hollywood bounty law um he said he would like to do like a short series on that um but, i never even
0: thought about him going into television i think you did bring that up before and that is such an interesting idea i would love to see him do that
1: yeah he says he has there was some a uh, recent he was on a recent a podcast recently and he said he has he's like I can't tell you anything about it all I'm going to tell you is that we have eight scripts we have eight episodes written of this series and we are shopping it around to places and I was like oh shit. shit if DiCaprio's
0: in it who's not gonna buy that
1: I think it's well I think this is something different I think it's I think it's oh because he said I can't tell you anything about it other than we have eight episodes written but
0: he's got that power to bring in these phenomenal actors so yeah whatever whatever he does is going to be really interesting i i think that's i think that's cool you know keep making stories but pivot to a different thing Mm -hmm. you know go i've made my movies i'm happy with them walk away on top but go make other things yes i just hope he keeps creating You know.
1: Oh yeah, and like again, in any way, shape, or form, I will, I will devour his work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he can stop. Honestly, I don't think people like that can stop.
1: Yeah, and I think because he's a writer first, you you can do so much with with just writing. You can yeah, absolutely turn that into a comic book. You can turn that into a novel. You can you know do whatever you can. Directing a movie
0: is exhausting. And he's got kids and stuff now. I don't blame him for being like, I need to, I need to,
1: <laughs> not do this. Yeah, I think that was his other reasoning too. Was like he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I I always planned to do ten, but now I have. He's like, now I have kids. I would kind mm-hmm. of like to just settle down at home, right and I can be with my kids that whole time as well. So
0: yeah, because you don't have to. You don't have to go work on the set if you're <clears throat> like an EP and just writing and stuff. You can visit the set, but also be there to pick your kids up from school.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, say, did yeah. you want to get
0: into trivia for this movie?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's God, there's.
0: There's a lot and I'm and I have a lot written down, but I'm going to kind of go through it as we go and decide what I, <laughs> I think is interesting based off of what we've discussed as well.
1: Yeah, and and I'm sure, and I'm sure a lot of this stuff too, people have heard over the years, or <laughs> yeah, or what absolutely. Not, so
0: yeah, um, I thought it was interesting that Uma Thurman turned down the role of Mia. She was not interested in it, and she was won over by Quentin because he read her the script over the phone.
1: And and, and again, we all know how excitable and how full of energy he is. So I can totally, I totally get that. And he probably yeah. read it was just. It, <laughs> in character and everything the whole time too, like changing characters as he's reading it.
0: (laughs) And another thing here is Bruce Willis's career. Like Bruce Willis was one, I think we talked about this in the first episode, but like he was one of the reasons that they got the funding and got everything here because he had such star power. He was in a little bit of a lull of his career, but like he was still such a huge blockbuster star um that like his casting was huge and he joined the movie because harvey keitel convinced him to take the role and bruce was a fan of reservoir dogs so it was like harvey keitel was like listen you got to come do this movie so that's the reason why bruce was actually in the film
1: yeah um it's funny because i just came across this um (laughs) this this bit of trivia um the movie only cost 8 million dollars to make and 5 million of that went to all the actors and actresses and i'm sure mm-hmm. at that time he was probably getting a lot more than 5 million well it says he he recently had a string of of flops but i'm but yeah. still i'm sure prior to that he was getting way more than 5 million a movie um, yeah
0: absolutely and and this movie is Absolutely responsible for revitalizing the career of John Travolta. And John Travolta is a really weird actor where he has had really high highs and really low lows. And it all, it's never really in between. He's yeah. always made stuff, but he is always either like, very has been like very successful or... At the bottom of the barrel.
1: I was going to say or Battlefield Earth.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. And it keeps going back and forth and back and forth. And I don't know how much of Scientology played into that. I don't know how much of his personal life played into that because there have been so many things that have happened over the years. He's lost a lot of people. He's he's been that man has been through a lot. A
1: lot. I know. Anytime I think of him, I just I'm always like, man, this poor guy, like just. Ugh.
0: Yeah, he he. I mean, just a quick thing. He lost his first wife to cancer in the 70s. She's the one who got him into Scientology. Ah. Um, And then he ended up, like, he, once again, had career highs and lows, but getting into Scientology, really, his career started to skyrocket. So he, like, credited a lot of it to that. Then he has another lull. He marries Kelly Preston. Um, In the early 2000s, their son dies. And then two years ago, I think it was two years ago, Kelly Preston died. Kirstie Alley just died. They were very close. And uh, Olivia Newton-John was basically like his soulmate outside of his like marriage. And they were never romantically involved, but she just passed away, too, last year.
1: Yeah, they so, were kind of the kindred spirit kind of thing. like.
0: So, yeah, he's just... That dude has been through a lot, especially the past few years.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the rare times you do see him in interviews or whatnot, he, he seems like he, for better or worse, is is surviving like he's he's a very positive person yes he is so so, i will say that
0: about like him and tom cruise and shit like a lot of scientologists they seem pretty positive they seem pretty pretty upbeat do they give methamphetamines out (laughs) with scientology
1: no no kidding man i mean (laughs) i mean yes i know scientology thing is is a very touchy subject but again if you're not harming anybody and you're not ramming it down anybody's throats and it's working for you Mm -hmm. then then good for you it seems to be working for him if that is his reason or i mean he's always just seemed like a very positive person in general so yeah
0: yeah and arguably the issues within scientology a lot of the people who are in it don't are not aware of it like they are very ice i mean it's a cult situation right so they're very isolated from truth from the actual things that are going on that are corrupt and terrible within that system Mm -hmm. that can be said about a lot of things like a lot of organizations so
1: yeah exactly
0: uh this film is preserved in the library of congress it was preserved in 2013 as i think it should be because it is a huge cultural landmark and a you know a big american cultural touchstone as far as films are concerned
1: Mm, oh yeah definitely (laughs) definitely uh
0: matt Dillon was in talks to play butch and originally bruce willis wanted to play vincent but obviously those never i'm glad that he did not play vincent that would have not been good that would have been
1: distracting for some reason i don't know i just yeah it doesn't he just
0: his i don't think his acting style fits the character i don't think he has that kind of charisma
1: like yeah like i don't want to see john mcclain playing like you know what i mean like because i feel like that's how he would have played it
0: (laughs) yeah uh marcellus and mia never speak to each other on screen which i thought was really interesting Wow! yeah uma thurman was very nervous to dance with john travolta which makes sense because obviously he got his huge breakthrough with saturday night fever uh and then he went on to do grease and you know everything like that (laughs) so he told her to shut up and twist that's (laughs) that's what he did to uh get it Uh, yeah mickey rurik which like anytime this man comes up, I'm always like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> he passed on the role of Butch because he didn't understand the script.
1: Oh my God. Um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Cause then he would go on to do the wrestler, which is, I probably, I mean, I get, I haven't seen all of his work, but that is by far his best performance and probably his best movie. Um, yeah, that's a really good movie. God damn movie. So good.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is a really interesting thing. Um, in the UK, apparently, when they released the video, the videos for Pulp Fiction, mm. uh, some of some stores gave away matches that were Pulp Fiction limited edition, and they <sighs> said, "You play with matches, you're going to get burned." <sighs> I want these if, if they still exist. I don't know if they're on eBay. I don't know what, but like that's amazing.
1: But that's also a really weird like. I don't know what the fuck it has to do with anything. But if it's
0: cl- if it's real, it sounds pretty cool.
1: Because. I know he's got his fictional cigarette (laughs) brand, which is Red Apples, and you can find um, like Red Apples branded like lighters and matches uh, places. I I know they were probably at one point were like probably ready readily available on his website or the movie's website or something like that. But but yeah, I figured if anything, that's what it would have been.
0: (laughs) Some really fascinating other trivia here for the role of Vincent is that apparently Daniel Day Lewis wanted to play Vincent, but. Ooh. was not chosen by Tarantino, which is fascinating because he's often considered like the greatest actor of his generation, right? And he was, yeah. and, and Travolta beat him out for it. Another interesting ca- person who was involved with this, another, arguably one of the greatest actors of his generation, James Gandolfini oh, was, was like considered for the role of Vincent. He recommended John Travolta.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I know John Travolta took a huge... Pay cut. You only got to pay like hundred grand or something yeah. like that for this movie. Uh, and Travolta
0: was given the choice between doing Pulp Fiction or doing From Dusk Till Dawn. He chose Pulp Fiction.
1: Oh, who would he have been in From Dusk Till Dawn?
0: Uh, it didn't specify. I didn't see. I didn't specify. I think that was on IMDb where I read about that.
1: I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna assume it was one of the Gecko brothers, but yeah, he probably would have been the Clooney. Clooney role. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would think. Uh,
0: the yeah. other actresses who were. Considered for the role of Mia, Isabella Rossellini, Jennifer Aniston, Meg Ryan, Daryl Hanna, Joan Cusack, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um,
1: Ooh, Michelle Pfeiffer would have been pretty interesting. Uh, yeah,
0: Tarantino said that um, Michelle Pfeiffer was his favorite of the bunch, but that Jennifer Aniston was the closest to winning.
1: Mm, nothing against Jennifer Aniston, but I don't think that would have worked
0: she's never been given a role like that so i really can't say i don't know
1: true i don't know there was that movie i now i can't remember the name of it uh, <laughs> god was she nominated for an academy award for it i can't remember i just know it's doesn't she like get into some relationship with like a younger kid or something like that i remember i feel like she won a lot of that was like you know
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. um it was like oh, her first shit. big dramatic i've seen role. that movie but i can't remember what it's called i yeah. she wasn't nominated for anything for that i don't think okay. I don't um, think she's ever been nominated for any awards, but I know what you're talking about.
1: Um, it was not, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and I know uh Daryl Hannah would to go on to uh to work with him on Kill Bill, so.
0: The Good Girl was the name of the movie. Ah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how successful that was. Um, but I thought it was pretty good.
1: I mean, maybe it was just notable because that was like her first like dramatic really dramatic yeah. role. Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Uh where was i here oh when they're describing fox force 5 that is description of the kill bill assassins so that's kind oh, of like oh yeah
1: god man <laughs> see it's just so curious it's just crazy to me how there's all these little seeds that he clearly had in his head for mm-hmm. whether he knew it was gonna he was gonna flesh them out or not um, even way back then like i mean uh when did kill bill come out 2001 i
0: think 2003 the first one came out in two thousand three. Okay,
1: yeah, two thousand four.
0: So okay. almost a decade after this movie.
1: God, that's so crazy. Either that or he just called back to him and was like, Oh, you know, that was actually kind of a good idea. Maybe I'll just use that. You know Yeah, anyways. I think
0: I think it's a little bit of both.
1: Yeah.
0: Um <clears throat> Julia Louis Dreyfus apparently turned down the role of Mia because she had commitments to Seinfeld. Another um, one that I'm like, that's weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> man i mean she she is a very good actor and i don't think i've seen her in anything this dramatic so i can't say for certain i'm not saying she couldn't pull it off but i yeah i don't know it's kind of weird to picture that
0: yeah um this is samuel jackson's only oscar nominated role which is a crime
1: no kidding man i mean
0: he should have won one by now let alone
1: he yeah. has an honorary one, which Oof, whatever. Almost,
0: I mean like that's a, good, but like
1: I'm glad that he has that at least. But he should he should actually get a, a full es- one Oscar, especially and especially because he's still actively working. It almost feels like a backhanded compliment because that's yeah. at the end of your career when you're done acting. Like, hey, you you know you never won one for anything specific, but. We clearly value your work. Here's this award. It's like, oh, you're still actively working. You're probably not gonna win one for the rest of your career. So here it is now. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, a time to kill. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but goddamn.
0: Yeah. Um, and then looking at this, the only other trivia that I'm seeing here that I thought was interesting that I read about was that there's that there's a theory, a fan theory, that the suitcase contains Marcellus's soul. Yeah. And I think that's just an interesting theory um, and the idea that if that was the case and they're discussing things like miracles, um, they're, the idea that if someone sees that, that it like captivates them. And that's an, in- I mean, I just think it's interesting. I don't think that's what it is. I really don't have a theory as to what it is, but I thought it was interesting.
1: Yeah. Cause I know there's the theories that it's the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs, um, and I think the Marcellus thing is also calls back to the very first shot you see of the back of his head. And it's got his, it's got the, uh, um, bandaid on the back mm-hmm. of his head. Cause that's where his soul got taken out. Yeah. from or whatever, And when yeah. really in real life, he cut his head shaving and, um, Quentin thought it actually looked kind of cool with the right bandaid right there in the center of the back of his head. Well, more or less the center of the back of his head. Um, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just keep that in. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I i, I do not say this is where we kind of give our review and our thoughts. I I really don't know what more to say, like I said.
0: It's yeah, I think it's just really giving our out-of-five rating, Um, and we did ask Simon oh, yeah. what he would have rated it had he been able to come on for part two, and he said it's a five out of five for him, which is not surprising. I probably could have said that for Simon, yeah. not even asking
1: him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, this is, for better or worse, this is my favorite movie of all time, because uh, I will never well as of now do not get tired of it it's still endlessly entertaining i still Mm -hmm. find every aspect of it fascinating um even my even trying my best to be unbiased like i just can't overlook the how creative it is again without even being necessarily flashy like yes it's stylish but it's not in your face uh, with again with flashy effects or anything like that it's just damn good storytelling Mm -hmm. um so yeah five out of five for me
0: (laughs) yeah it is not my favorite of tarantino films i have i've already you know reserved for certain i just there's certain ones that have a more special place in my heart on a personal level Mm -hmm. but that doesn't take away the fact that this movie is fantastic and it is a five out of five for me as well
1: um i i don't know why i want to i want to bring this up now even though we've got a couple movies to go are mm-hmm. when you when we rate kill bill are we rating those as volume one as volume two or as a whole
0: i i would say volume one volume two because we That's are going podcast. to cover those separately i know that it is an entire saga an entire thing to him but for the sake of the podcast and for the sake of his entire filmography i think that we should rate them separately
1: because i do like how technically he has already made 10 if you include volume one volume two like yeah he has yeah made and movies, but he, himself he does saying, not no, consider it's, that. it's yeah. one story that had to be cut because it wasn't marketable as a four and a half hour movie <laughs> correct yeah so if he I,
0: made kill bill now i think they would let him release it as one story though
1: yeah probably um and uh, which is funny because when you look at the posters for volume one it says the fourth film from quentin tarantino and then you look at volume two it says the new film from quentin tarantino yeah which yeah. I always thought was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could also look at it. We could, we could change our minds on that too. Once we get to it, we obviously next week we're going to be, or uh, two weeks from now, we're going to be doing Jackie Brown and then we will dive into kill bill, which I'm so excited for. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we can kind of make that call as we go. It is hard to rate them separately. So maybe we should consider rating them together, but I think we'll make that call when we get into those episodes.
1: I mean I think on my letterbox I do have them rated individually. Um I
0: think most people do because that's how we saw them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm I mean I'm excited to get to all of his movies, but yeah, uh, Kill Bill is definitely I'm, a special is something special from his work and that is saying something.
0: This does bring up another interesting thing because there's there's different cuts of the Hateful Eight as well
1: yeah i have seen the extended edition which is the netflix one a, yeah which is technically a series because there's yeah. like three episodes um i might need to watch it again uh i i mean i think for our sake we will just you know we will be watching the, the, the theatrical, theatrical yeah. cut not the series um i,
0: I tend just... to favor the original theatrical cut on movies because that is at the well, end yeah. of the day what they presented to the world originally, for better yeah. or worse.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny because people are saying there's a, there's a thing saying director's cuts are rarely better than what is released. They're like that's true. People yeah. went in there and cut shit for a fucking reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was cut for time. It was cut for continuity. It was cut for the flow. What whatever the reason may be, usually that cut was was done for a reason.
1: Um, and I know with Quentin, probably from this point on in in all of his contracts he has final cut permission um yeah which is crazy to me that when he did
0: you can tell later <laughs>
1: yeah you can but,
0: you can tell the length of his films as he as he moves forward yeah that he it, has final say
1: it's it's always so weird to me that when he was doing once upon a time in hollywood and he was shopping that around to get away from miramax um
0: oh no did something happen no i'm just kidding i'm just fucking kidding
1: uh that sony was the only studio that granted him final cut all the other studios agreed on everything except final cut which
0: is do you know how many studios have like turned down like a scorsese film in the past few years and shit it's (sighs) insane to me some of the most prestigious filmmakers best filmmakers of entire generations and these studios are so greedy which by the way just want to throw this out there because they now we are we are now recording in a strike oh yeah, yeah. and we support the actors oh, God, we support yeah. the writers we support anyone else who fucking goes on strike from the greed of these corporations
1: and i and i get there's people who are like oh it's it's a it's a not a family dynamic uh, whatever you want to call it you know you you actors can't make things without the studio studio can't make things without the actors yes it is a collective thing but but guess what you would not have a story for the studios to finance or for the actors to act it i'm not trying to separate Mm -hmm. the actors but you would not have any of those stories if it weren't for the writers to begin with so Mm -hmm. like
0: yeah yeah the uh, i mean and the demands are not that crazy so know that as you as you are listening to this and we are talking about movies we are not in um Oh, any no. any, you know guilds and it is a conflicting thing to talk about projects we are not technically promoting anything though um, I think as we move forward here and I I, don't, I actually haven't brought this up Bradley but I don't think we're going to say where things are streaming or where you can get them because that does kind of feel like a promotion and maybe crossing a picket line type of situation we kind of go if you want to find it you can find it but we're just talking about movies because we love them but yeah we wholeheartedly support that strike
1: yeah, I mean it's it's not hard to do a Google search or do just yeah. watch like you know, yeah. do just go to just watch. It's it's pretty easy to find. Um, uh, yeah, and I even looked up on the SAG-AFTRA website like, sh- like should I continue my movie podcast? And mm-hmm. it says it says if you are in the union, yes, you should stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and said, but if you are non-union or not in any of the guilds, yeah, um, please continue to do so because you are promoting the work of the artists and that is. You know, that is yes. what we want. They're like, We support you. If you want to stop, like we are all for that, mm-hmm. but you can't keep going without it harming anything or anybody. Which is so because I, like, I, I wanted to I really wanted to know on my own. Um like I was like, Man, I really don't want to stop. But again, if it's in solidarity solidarity, yeah, support, absolutely I will do it. But
0: yeah, I feel the same way. I feel that like if I if it's crossing that picket line, I don't want to do it. Um like yeah, because we are independent thing we're not part of a we're not part of a studio talking about movies for the sake of promoting you know some company or anything like that we're just people that love movies talking about movies and who are trying to promote the um the creators and you know i do know as of right now if you are buying say a a dvd or a blu-ray they get a bigger cut of that you know because of past negotiations. That was what the writer's strike of 2007, 2006, 2007 was about. So
1: yeah. Physical media gets a much bigger, uh, uh, what's it called that uh, residual. Than, yeah. Residuals. Than, for than sure. streaming. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I,
0: this, this is a great movie. It's a five out of five overall.
1: <sighs> um, I'm actually really excited to like Jackie Brown, obviously Jackie Brown is our next film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to talk about it at length because it is probably his most subdued, uh, calm, uh, in Quentin sense, calm movie uh, mm-hmm. out of his. Uh, well, you can also well, no, I you. Can also, you can also look at Once Upon a Time as fairly light, but it. I. In, it's ending aside it's still a little chaotic in places so
0: (laughs) yeah i think that it's i think jackie brown is probably unless he unless you go to like death proof or something is like his most overlooked film
1: yeah so i so again i'm 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 excited to talk about it at length because it it is one of the probably the only one that i probably haven't discussed at length whether Mm -hmm. that's I probably haven't discussed that at all. I mean, all of his other movies I've probably discussed at some point with other people, whereas Jackie Brown just always gets overlooked. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's going to be interesting. So, yeah. subscribe, guys. We appreciate that. Share our podcast. Um, give us a rating and a review. That's always really helpful on any platform that you listen. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us.
1: Yeah. We, uh, before we even released, Part, part one of this we already had three we already had three five-star reviews on uh apple podcasts and oh, shit. Know, like i that made my day when i saw that i was like we're one episode in and already have that like I, like i'm good <laughs> that's so cool yeah so so yeah we appreciate you guys and yeah we love that you hopefully are enjoying this and we'll be we'll continue on to support us and yeah hopefully hopefully our choices of uh who we choose to cover in future seasons will uh <laughs> you know will we'll please you guys as well i'm sure you know you can't have something for everybody there's going to be some that are like eh, all right whatever it's
0: okay but they're so here for best. us no exactly I'm just exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly hopefully <laughs> hopefully anyway
0: all right well thank you so much for joining us everyone
1: yeah and i know he wasn't in this second half but again thank you to simon for yes. coming on for the first half um yeah he had he had family stuff well i'm sure everything is fine it's nothing like yeah he's good but ultra urgent but it's still you know he had to step away which is totally fine so yeah we thank him for coming on
0: thanks everyone